Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bailey is tracked down for a short loss. Shamarco Thomas. It's like a missile. It's a heat-seeking missile to the football. Charles finding someone, directing his body, and trying to run through that person. An explosive safety. For some programs, maybe it doesn't mean as much. For this Syracuse program, it means a lot. What's up, Syracuse fans? It's Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com, part of the Sports Illustrated Network with Episode 8 of the Believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. I am riding solo for this episode as we take a look at the upcoming matchup between Syracuse and Florida State. But before we get to that, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. First thing I want to get into is the quarterback situation at both schools, honestly. Um, Syracuse is going to start Garrett Schrader in this game. He started against Liberty, had a kind of a mixed review type of a game. He was good on the ground, struggled through the air. But because Syracuse won and because he didn't turn the ball over and didn't make a big mistake, he's going to get the start against Florida State. So the question from a Syracuse perspective is, are we going to see Tommy DeVito in this game? I actually think the answer to that question is yes. The main reason being, and we'll get into this in a little bit more detail as we get to our next segment, but Syracuse, Florida State's defense is its strength is its run defense. Its weakness is being able to defend opposing teams' passing attack. They are susceptible to the big play. If you're going to make big plays through the air, you are more likely to do so at Syracuse with Tommy DeVito as your quarterback than Garrett Schrader. That's just the nature of the skill sets that each player has. So I think... Barring Schrader coming out and showing drastic improvement in terms of his accuracy in those intermediate and deep routes, I think it's likely that you'll see Tommy DeVito in some capacity in this game for Syracuse. They may need him to make a couple of plays in order to win this game. But Schrader's going to start, and I do think it's important that Syracuse gets off to a good start. The main reason being, if you look at what Florida State has done in each game that they've been in, they have started slow, especially when you look at what they did against Notre Dame, Louisville, and Wake Forest, those three games in particular. Started out slow in each of them, made a comeback against Notre Dame and almost pulled that game out, made a comeback against Louisville and almost pulled that game out. So Syracuse needs to come out and try to get out in front of Florida State early. Put a little pressure on them. And and here's the thing with putting pressure on Florida State is they're 0-4. We know they're desperate. They want to win. They need a win. 
the program feels like it needs a win for the fans, for the program, for the players. Uh, a 0-5 start would be catastrophic for Florida State. That's why it's imperative that when Schrader comes out of the tunnel, when he gets out there for Syracuse's first few possessions, he plays well. Now, if he does play well and get Syracuse out to a lead, that kind of is contradictory to my statement that Syracuse is going to need Tommy DeVito at some point in this game. But what I expect to happen is that at some point, Florida State is going to stack the box that could be right away to try to eliminate Sean Tucker. That means that Garrett Schrader is going to have to make some plays through the air. That means the Syracuse wide receivers are going to have to get open. And, and Syracuse is going to have to try to keep the Florida State defense honest in some capacity. And while I do believe that Garrett Schrader is a better thrower of the football than what we saw against Liberty, he is not the thrower of the football that Tommy DeVito is. DeVito clearly has the best deep ball. He is clearly more accurate in the intermediate. He does have his his individual struggles, whether it's with decision making, whether it's throwing on the run, whether it's when he, you know making a quick decision, holding the ball too long when he gets under pressure, as opposed to throwing the ball away. All valid concerns with Tommy DeVito. But I think at some point you're going to need his arm in this game. This could be a game where you're up, you know, 13 to, to six, 13 to seven, 13 to 10 at the half. And the defense is playing well, giving you opportunities. The offense is struggling to move the ball. Maybe at halftime in that situation, you throw Tommy DeVito out there and say, it's your half. Go win us the game. I just have this feeling that at some point he's going to be out there in a meaningful capacity and Syracuse is going to need him to win this game. But both of those guys need to play well. There's no question. Now, on the flip side, Florida State has its own quarterback issues. They have played two quarterbacks this season. Now, it's been the McKenzie Milton show the last couple of games. He's played in four games. Jordan Travis, who started the season opener, season opener against Notre Dame, start, has played in three games. Neither has been tremendously effective. Both have thrown four interceptions. Travis has thrown four touchdowns. Mackenzie Milton, just two. Um, neither has completed a high percentage of, of their passes. Milton's a little over 60%. Jordan Travis, just around 50%. But the point is, neither of them has been great with decision-making. Both of them have accuracy issues. Mackenzie Milton's arm is not as strong as it was at US, as it was at UCF. And both have had issues turning the ball over. So that's eight interceptions that Florida State has thrown this year. We'll break down the turnovers a little bit more later. But Mackenzie Milton's going to get the start. Syracuse has to put pressure on him. They have to get into uh, get into his face, not let him get comfortable. Try to make him uh, try to force him into some tough decisions, into some tough throws. And with the way that Syracuse's front seven has played so far this year, you feel pretty good that they'll be able to do that. But there's no question that the quarterback play in this game, neither team comes in having stellar quarterback play to date. 
whichever one can figure it out in this game, I think is going to end up on the right side of things in terms of the win-loss column. Shifting from there, we look at strength versus strength and weakness versus weakness. That is Syracuse's run offense versus Florida State's run defense in the strength versus strength department. And then Syracuse's passing attack against Florida State's pass defense in the weakness versus weakness department. We'll start with strength versus strength. Syracuse has been very good on the ground this season. Averaging 216 rushing yards per game, 5.1 yards per attempt. Syracuse has 13 rushing touchdowns this season. We know that that is led by the one and only Sean Tucker with 536 rushing yards, seven touchdowns on the season. That is good for second in the nation in rushing yards, leads the ACC. On the flip side, the strength of Florida State's defense is its ability to stop the run. Teams are only averaging 132 yards per game against Florida State and only three yards per attempt. Now, teams do have six rushing touchdowns against Florida State in four games. But this is not a Florida State defense that has given up huge yardage on the ground. And so I think that should be a little bit concerning for Syracuse. Now, Syracuse just played a team last week in Liberty that was giving up around 50 yards per game rushing, and Syracuse ran for nearly 200 on them. So that's encouraging that they played a, a strong run defense, and we're still able to have success on the ground. The difference is the more film you get on Sean Tucker and the more film you get on what Syracuse is doing offensively with this kind of power run RPO centric offense, the easier it's going to be or the more prepared other teams are going to be to try to stop it. And if Syracuse is unable to throw the ball with Garrett Schrader, this is where I think DeVito may come in, as I mentioned, then teams are going to put eight or nine guys in the box to try to shut down Sean Tucker so that someone else has to beat you. But that's going to be one of the interesting chess matches in this game is who gets the better of the strength versus strength matchup. Very intriguing to see how that plays out. Florida State's defensive line is very talented. They got a couple of NFL guys on that side of the ball along the defensive line, namely Jermaine Johnson, who is one of the um, top guys in terms of sacks in the ACC and in all of college football. Um, good at plays on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Really good player at someone Syracuse is going to have to account for. On the weakness versus weakness side of things. It's tailgating season and no one does it better than Hoffman Sausage Company. Beer bratwurst, jalapeno cheddar sausage, kibasi, and bun-length chicken sausage. Add them to the menu with classic German Franks and snappy grillers and fans will go wild. Proudly made in New York since 1879, when you bite into a Hoffman, you experience a little bit of upstate history. Taste tells, Hoffman is a proud partner of Syracuse University Athletics. Syracuse's passing attack against Florida State's pass defense. So as good as Syracuse's run offense at 216 yards per game has been 
on the passing side, they're only throwing for 176 per game. Now that includes, you know, a performance against Albany that was, that was pretty good in terms of throwing the ball. Ohio was solid, uh, but against both Rutgers and Liberty, Syracuse really struggled to move the ball consistently through the air. Um, Liberty in particular. Garrett Schrader was only six for 15 passing the ball in that game, under 100 yards. Syracuse can't have another performance like that. Three interceptions and two touchdowns um, in total from the passing attack. Syracuse has to be better there. Now, Florida State, on the other hand, that is where they have been susceptible to the big play. They're giving up 282, 283 yards per game through the air. They have given up 10 passing touchdowns um, and only picked off two passes. So even despite the fact that Florida State's defensive line has been really good, they've got one of the best defensive linemen in the country in terms of pressuring the quarterback, they have still been giving up a lot of big plays through the air. And that's where Garrett Schrader has to make some plays with his arms in this one. Uh, Teams are completing 63% of their pass attempts against Florida State. That's going to be an interesting chess match as well with how, how Florida State defends Syracuse and then how Syracuse is able or unable to have success through the air against a team that's been vulnerable there for sure. On the flip side, the other strength versus strength is Florida State's rushing attack against Syracuse's rush defense. Syracuse is only giving up 85 rushing yards per game, 2.3 yards per carry, and have only allowed two rushing touchdowns on the entire season. On the flip side of that, Florida State is averaging 190 yards per game on the ground, 5.1 yards per attempt, six rushing touchdowns. Similar to Syracuse's uh, rushing statistics, actually. Now, Florida State uses two or three backs that that you're going to see get some carries. Um, The top two guys are Deshaun Corbin and Treshawn Ward. Corbin has 439 rushing yards of the season, three touchdowns, but he's averaging over nine yards per carry, 110 yards per game. His backup, Ward, averaging a little over six yards per carry, 219 yards on the season. It's a very good rushing attack for Florida State. Offensive line has been blocking pretty well, opening up holes for those guys, and they've taken advantage. Uh, Corbin has an 89-yard touchdown run to his credit so far this season. He's had a couple of other long runs, had a long one against Louisville, I believe, 75-yarder. They're legit. And as good as Syracuse's defense has been against the run so far this season, they might need to have their best effort of the year. Um in this one to, to stop these guys. Now I think Syracuse's front seven is athletic. They're talented. They're aggressive. They've been very good at limiting those huge plays on the ground so far this season and letting teams just dominate you on the ground. But that's definitely a matchup to watch in this one. I think Syracuse's front seven is going to have to have a really strong game in this one for Syracuse. 
to, to pull out a victory at Florida State. You know, much has been made of Florida State's 0-4 record. And I get it. And their program is in all sorts of peril. They've got a lot, lot of weaknesses. Um, you know, the head coach is snapping at reporters during press conferences. Fans are unhappy. Fans aren't going to games as, as regularly or as, as in abundance as they have been in, in years past. All of those things are true. But it's still Florida State. They still have NFL-caliber talent on both sides of the ball. And you still have to be wary of that talent. This is a team that played an undefeated top 10 Notre Dame team right down to the wire. This is a team that played um, Louisville to within one score. And yes, they got blown out at Wake Forest, but Wake Forest, I think, is a lot better than people thought. And yes, they lost to an FCS team, but again, there is talent on this roster. And while Florida State might not be a good team this season, there's going to be a couple of games where that talent plays well. And if this is one of those games, Syracuse has to be prepared for it. Now, one of the areas Florida State has really struggled this season is the turnover department. Offensively, they have turned it over 11 times. Those eight interceptions that we mentioned previously And then they've had three lost fumbles on top of that. That is where Syracuse's defense can stop some drives, right? So Florida State gets things going. Mackenzie Milton makes a couple of passes. Uh, Ja'Shawn Corbin has a couple of nice runs. Gets Florida State deep into Syracuse territory. That's a situation where a strip sack or um, you hit Mackenzie Milton as he's throwing and you know, the ball pops up in the air and you can get, get an interception, those type of situations. And we know that Syracuse has the playmakers to be able to do that. That's the good news for Syracuse. They've got the Mikel Jones and the Marlowe Waxes and the Garrett Williams and the Deuce Chestnuts. Those guys are playmakers. And I think you're going to need one or two of those guys to make a big defensive play in this game. Justin Barron really played well against Liberty and has moved up to the starting um, starting rover spot on Syracuse's 3-3-5 defense. I, I'd keep an eye on him in this game. I think he could be really important to how Syracuse defends the run, especially. But, yeah, Florida State has been turnover prone all season. And... You know, Syracuse only got one against Liberty. I think they only had one against Albany. And they had one against Ohio. Haven't had a multiple turnover game yet defensively, as good as they have been. This could be the game where you get a couple. And I think if Syracuse takes care of the ball and they're able to get two to three turnovers, they're going to be in a really good spot in this game. Now, conversely... Florida State has not been very good at forcing turnovers. Only two interceptions, as mentioned, and then they've got two recovered fumbles this season. So four total turnovers that Florida State has forced, about one per game. But they've turned it over 11 times. If Florida State has a game or two that they're going to win and play well against a team that, you know, perhaps based on the start you wouldn't think – that they would, 
it's going to be one of those games where they take care of the football. You know, the offense is a little bit more balanced. And that's where if you're Syracuse, you have to make sure that you continue some of these trends. You have to make sure that you're forcing those turnovers, giving the offense the ball in, in short, short yardage situations. That's going to be critical. When Syracuse lost to Rutgers, a big issue in that game was field position. Rutgers was always starting in, in pretty solid, pretty good, favorable field position. Syracuse seemed to always be backed up. That was, that was a significant issue for Syracuse. They seemed to always have to go the length of the field. Didn't force any turnovers in that game. That was, that was critical. Syracuse outplayed Rutgers for large stretches of that game. But Rutgers got the big plays. The, the, the turnovers, field position on a, on a shanked punt by Syracuse. Syracuse has, has to make sure that they're on the right side of the field position battle, that they don't turn the ball over, and that they can force Florida State into some turnovers themselves. This is another game, just like last week, where Syracuse was clean in terms of not turning the ball over, only had a handful of penalties. I think they're going to need another similar effort in this one to pull off a road win as their first ACC game of the season. Getting after the quarterback, we've discussed it already uh, a little bit in terms of what Syracuse's defense has done so far this season. Uh, Cody Roscoe, Marlo Wax, among the best in the nation in pressuring the quarterback. Florida State has their own pass rushing specialist in Jermaine Johnson, who is also one of the best in the nation. Florida State has allowed 13 sacks so far this season in four games. That's a little over three per game. So they are susceptible to the pass rush, which is good news for Syracuse's front seven. On the flip side, thanks in large part to Jermaine Johnson, Florida State has sacked the opposing quarterback 15 times. Jermaine Johnson is one of only two players on Florida State with more than one sack. Derek McClendon has a pair himself. Syracuse, on the other hand, we know Cody Roscoe has his five and a half. Marlo Wax has three. Stephon Thompson has two and a half. Mikel Jones has two. They, they can beat you in a lot of ways. Part of the success of the 3-3-5 three, three, is the fact that you know that the three down linemen are coming after you, but you don't know where that fourth rusher is coming from or potentially a fifth rusher. And that's part of the... Part of why it confuses so many, so many uh, uh, teams and, and good offensive teams. It's why the system works. So Syracuse has 18 sacks on the season. They've only allowed eight. That's something to pay attention to in this game. You know, Syracuse has only allowed eight. It's about two per game. But sacking the opposing quarterback 18 times, you're almost at five per game. If Syracuse can get somewhere in the three to five sack range against Florida State, that would be huge. If you can limit them to one or two, try to limit the effectiveness of Jermaine Johnson, that would be a, a very strong effort from Syracuse's offensive line. So I think that is going to be 
a critical area to watch in this game. A couple other players on Florida State that I want to point out um, in terms of uh, some talented players that that can make plays and um, Syracuse should be a little bit weary of. Wide receiver Ontario Wilson, wide receiver Andrew Parchment, a couple of playmaking wide receivers for Florida State. Wilson averaging about 15 yards a catch. He has... Um, a long of 65 yards with, with one touchdown. Ja'Kai Douglas is averaging about 20 yards a catch. He only has four catches on the season, but he's a big play threat, so he's someone to keep an eye on. So, you know, Florida State has athletes. They've got talented players. They certainly do. There's no question about that. Jermaine Johnson, not only does he lead the team in sacks and tackles for loss, he also leads the team in tackles. Only two players... On Florida State, Sidney Williams and Travis J have interceptions. Travis J leads the team in pass breakups. And Care Thomas leads the team in quarterback hurries with four, even though he only has one sack. He is someone um, to keep a little bit of an eye on. On special teams, Florida State has struggled kicking the ball. Ryan Fitzgerald is their kicker. He's three for five on the season. So, you know, 60% uh, make percentage is not great. Syracuse, on the other hand, has Andre Schmidt, former Lou Groza award winner. So I think there, there could be a potential advantage there on special teams, but those are a couple of players to watch in this game. We will wrap up this episode by checking out, give, I should say, giving you my prediction for how Syracuse versus Florida State is going to play out. Now, I've, I've gone back and forth on this one, really thinking about it throughout the week since Syracuse beat Liberty, watched a little bit of, of Florida State versus Louisville, trying to get a, a little bit of a feel for Florida State and how they're playing right now. And, you know, is Mike Norvell on the cusp of losing the team? And, and you know, how, how, is, how is all of that playing out? And it feels like you're kind of between where Florida State's just going to let this season go completely bonkers off the rails, end up with only one or two wins and have one of its worst seasons in school history, or whether they're going to fight, have a strong effort in this one, pull off a victory, and that could spark them, you know, trying to make a run at bowl eligibility before the season ends, which when you start 0-4, if you end up at 6-6, six and six, that's, that's a pretty nice turnaround. That is... That would be one heck of a coaching job, in my opinion, to get them there. And so with all of that going back and forth, the one thing I keep coming back to is, yes, Florida State has talent. Yes, there are NFL players on that team. Syracuse has NFL players too. Sean Tucker is an NFL running back. Garrett Williams is an NFL cornerback. Deuce Chestnut certainly looks like he has the potential to be that next guy. Mikel Jones is... Slightly on the smaller side, you know, only right around six feet. NFL linebackers, they like to have those guys be 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". He's not that. 
So perhaps slightly undersized, but he can certainly, he is certainly um, talented enough and, and a playmaker and athletic enough to get a look at being an NFL player. Yes, you've got strength versus strength. Yes, you've got weakness versus weakness. But Syracuse has been more consistent this season. They have not turned the ball over as much this season. Florida State has. And I think Syracuse is going to find a way to pull this one out. That's going to be my final prediction. I'm going to predict Syracuse 24, Florida State 21. That's going to be my my final prediction. I think this will be a close game. I think Syracuse will have stretches where it plays really well. Florida State will make some plays here and there. But ultimately, I'm going to go with Syracuse 24 to 21 and improving to four and one on the season. That'll do it for episode eight of the Believe in Syracuse podcast presented by Bet Online and Hoffman Sausage Company. I'm Mike McAllister from AllSyracuse.com, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.